welcome to Road to Billions podcast, the mentality of an entrepreneur, with your host, Moise Bertrand. All right, so Mr. Dan, so the first question is, and AJ is on the line as well, so either per, either of you could answer, but my main question was, when you buy land, what do you think is the best thing to do right after that? Like, do you look to buy a home? Do you look to sell it? Do you look to, you know, sit on it? Like, what what's the steps and people who don't want to buy a house? Yeah, so land development is an interesting thing. So land comes in many shapes, sizes, and form. So there's land that we call infill, right? So infill land is land that's like within the city within a suburban area basically it's in the area that's already developed right so it's just a missing piece within that area so that's what we call infill land okay then you have like raw or like undeveloped land which is like land like out in the country right so like you know if you if you drive like let's say you use like atlanta if you drive 30 40 minutes outside of atlanta you know once you pass all the lights and like you know all the stuff that's going on and you start seeing pieces of land out there that land is raw and undeveloped land. So those are two totally different things, right? Right. So with those different types of land, you're gonna have different types of strategies. So what do you feel, AJ? Yeah, no, just to piggyback off that, uh, I don't have much experience in it, so I guess it's a question for all. Um, So like, you know, people for, you know, as you mentioned, like there's just land. Sometimes you you could buy land off from people or from wherever, right? Uh, I guess the question is, what's the best way to go about the, you, once you once you're able to get land, right, x amount of square foot? Do you, is it best to hold on it or to start developing? You know, once you actually get that land, right? So there there's there's a whole different field, and this is a field that's not well discussed, um, and there's very very few people who are in it of land development, right? So land development um, is a very niche field that very, very, very few people do because it's not sexy um, and it, it, it requires some work, right? Um, so land development, so what, what you do in land development, you basically are analyzing the value of the land based on what you could build there, right? So if if on that piece of land, let's say for example, if let's say on that piece of land, I'm only allowed to build four houses, right? Then it has a certain value. But let's say on that same piece of land, I could build a, a, a Hyatt hotel or a movie theater or a shopping center. And then you, you can see there's a difference in value, right? So what people do is they buy large chunks of land that are in the path of development, right? So we know Atlanta's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? right? So all those country towns that are outside of Atlanta are eventually going to become a part of the metropolitan Atlanta area. So if you could go out there and get some land in those areas and you can hold on to it, you definitely can create a, a tremendous amount of wealth for yourself and, and, and your family. Um, and that's what a lot of people do. I mean, a lot of people who, who had land like in Gwinnett and, you know, other places on the outskirts of Atlanta, they're very wealthy now um, because they were, they've were they been able to develop that land or sell it to a developer. Um, so these are just some things that, that you could take into account. Okay. So does does, so my question is, Every state has its own permits and, you know, of course, rules with land. So what's the average, what's the average land price? Like if you go in and buy land, so somebody won't rip you off, 
like how much does five acres or you know et cetera, et cetera. Right. So in every state is going to be different, and the the price of the land is going to be based on the zoning, or what what is allowed to be done on that piece of property. Right. So if it is zoned residential or if it is zoned commercial, they're going to have different values. Um, so it's very very tricky. And that's why people also lose a lot of money. So one thing I always want to emphasize to everybody is whenever there's something that people can make a lot of money, guess what? You also could lose a lot of money, right? <laughs> because because risk, that, that's what risk is, right? So, you know, uh, I had one of my professors, she was a, one of the top uh, scholars in the world when it comes to finance. And she said that there's no such thing as something that's too risky or not. There's no such thing as something that's too risky. There's only things that are not enough a reward for the risk. Right. So, so some people are taking humongous risks and there's not a huge reward for the matches, the amount of risk that they're taking. Right. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that the, the pendulum between risk and reward are, are always even. If you're taking this much risk and you only getting this much reward it's not worth it. Right. So you want to have that together. So with land, the more risky it is, the more profitable it is, but then also the more high the likelihood that you could lose a lot of money. So with land, um, you know, you get into a lot of political issues. So I'll just use an example, right? Um, uh, let's say we go out to the countryside. There's people who live there, right? So even though it's, you know, it's not that developed, there's still people who live there. And certain people, they live there for a reason. They don't want to live in Atlanta. They don't want to live in New York City. They don't want to live in busy places, right? So when you say, hey, I want to build an apartment complex here, what are they going to do? They're going to fight you. All right. Yeah, they're, they're not going to they're not going to want to tear down all the trees. You know, you got environmental people who don't want to tear down trees, you know, because they want to preserve animals. Because you remember, you know, people have thousand acre farms just to hunt. Right. So if I buy some land next to their hunting farm and I clear it, now the deer is not going to run through anymore. And all. I mean, it, you know, this is all those little things, you know, that people who live in urban areas don't think about. But people in rural areas, they, they own that. So, you know, these are things that you have to take into consideration. Um, so when buying land, you know, you really need to think about what you want to do with it and how long you're OK with sitting on it before um, you develop it. So, you know, it's great to buy land. Um, I think it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's just that you have to price it accordingly um, and and understand what you're getting into. Yeah. So how does that process work? Because I go to Atlanta um, very few often. So when I'm driving to Atlanta, I see a lot of for sale Laker lots. So um, how how is that process? If, if I was just a person who, okay, I'm now wanting to be an investor and I see this land, how, how do I go about, you know, purchasing land? What's the criteria I need for the land? Is it the same thing like buying a house, if that makes sense? So the, okay, so lending on land is a little bit different, right? Uh, if the land is in an urban area where there's like utilities and, you know, it's, it's pretty more developed, you know, you, you usually can get about 30%. Uh, you have to put 30% down. So 30% of the, of the purchase price, 25 to 30% of the purchase price. When you get out to the rural areas, you usually got to put about 50% of the purchase price down. Um, now, I mean, there's always, you know, give or takes. Now, what most people do with rural land is that they do owner financing because nine times out of 10, the owner does not have a mortgage on the property, right? right? So 
you know, it's inherited land. It's been in their family a long time. So you say, hey, look, man, you know, we can agree to this purchase price, but I'm not going to put any initial money up front, you know, until we can, you know, get it developed or, you know, other other things along those lines. Um, and then, you know, you'll pay them out, like, as time goes along. That, 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 that's the typical way to do it. So, like, let's say you have some friends and family, you know, who have land out in the country somewhere. That's that's the better way to go about it so you don't have to have expend too much capital. That makes perfect sense. That's interesting. So, yeah, I know, I know, uh, Mo and I, like, you know, prior to finding a home, we were, we, we, we ran across a few land um, opportunities. I don't know if you remember some in Miami, because you know they're they're uh, gentrifying that that little Haiti area, um, yeah. but of course, like the you know supply and demand, the demand is there. So I believe it was it was like one point two million, you yeah. know, for like this small <laughs> piece of land. Uh, so to your point, so it's, it's, it's really based off the location when it comes to land, right? It's based off location and zoning. So okay. it is, it's, 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 it's called, okay, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how specific, you know, you, you want me to get, but it's called entitlement, right? So an entitlement is what you are allowed to build on that, on that piece of property, right? So that is a legal agreement between you and the city where they say you can build this, right? So um, uh, the process of getting a property to entitlement is what causes the value. So someone has already, when, when, when you see someone who has like a lot in Miami, they've already probably gone through the entitlement process. Um, meaning that they've gone to the city and said, hey, you can build a Hyatt hotel here, or you can build a you know 150 unit apartment complex or something huge, right? And, and, and what they're doing is they're handing you an already made play and all you need to do is come up with the money. Um, and, and, and that's where the reward comes in versus me having to buy the land myself and then go down to the city, get permission, you know, go to all the little hearings and listen to people complaining about how they want to preserve their neighborhood and, you know, all that, all that type of stuff. So basically, you know, uh, people don't want to do, don't obviously don't want to deal with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So they let people like yourself or people like myself, go through that process for them and then they sell them. So for example, uh, I'll give you a, a small scale example, but a good example, my neighbor, he did the same thing, right? So uh, my, my where, where, where I live, the land is, is zone commercial, but most people don't know that because it looks residential. So he bought, he bought a house um, for, you know, maybe around 30,000 and tore it down. Um, and, you know, and, and he proposed to build an apartment complex or some apartments on, on that land and he got it approved and he also got some funding uh for the apartments and he turned around and sold the the deal the land and the deal to someone else for 110,000 so he basically almost you know four times his money right yeah. so just imagine you know and that's 30 grand so imagine if you know that was 100 grand or or 200 grand and and that's literally what, what happens um with, with with entitlements right so that's a a great way to accumulate, um, you know, to make a lot of money without a lot of upfront capital. Um, Cause he didn't even need to do that. He actually did it. He actually did it the wrong way. And I, like I said, I don't want to go too, too, too far into detail about how you could have did it better, but another way he could have done it to even make way more money. Um, if he would have been more patient and, and more strategic about it, but you know, anyway, so, but these are type of things that, 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 that you can do um, with land. So, 
and I'll give you another example, right? So let, let, let's say, um, let's say that you uh, get two acres of land, right? For $20,000. Let's say, you know, you find a, 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 a acre, you know, 20 grand for two acres in some rural area that's close to the city, right? And so let's say you go down to the city, you know, you get it rezoned where you could build houses and this, that, and the other. And then you say, okay, well, I'm going to take each, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put 20 houses on those two acres. Let's say 10 houses to make the math simple. Right. And I'm going to sell each one of those lots to a builder for 20,000. Right. So what's, what's 20,000 times 10, 200,000, right? Yeah. So you took your $20,000 investment and you turned it into 200,000. This is what people do. Right. And literally that's what they do. Like I never, that's exactly what they do. I never heard nothing like that before. <laughs> that's, that's what they do. So every time you see a subdivision, that's, that's where they came from. Uh, every, every little small little subdivision from the small ones to the big ones. That's exactly now. I didn't go through all, all that what happened, but I'm saying that's literally what, basically the process is right now i kind of skip some things you gotta put in some, you might have to put in some sewer or put some roads in or you know other things like that but what i'm saying is these are all costs that are costed in and you make it out on the back end um so land development is something that's good especially you know a lot of you know uh, a lot of people who, who, who probably are listening to the podcast are from florida or from georgia and i'm sure either they or someone in their family has some land um, and anybody who has land, there's no such thing as useless land or worthless land. Um, at some point, it may be 10 years, it may be 20 years, maybe 100 years, but at some point, we're going to run out of land or we're going to need that land because people are going to keep repopulating and, and there's not going to be any more land being made. Yeah. Right. So, so land always becomes more valuable as time goes on. So, the longer you can hold on to it, um, the better. But also having a plan to develop it is even better. So, question: um, Say, for example, you buy the land, and do you recommend people who buy land to go in with investors and have other going in as a group? Because you know, of course, the risk. So, how would you go about it? Absolutely. So, the the best way to buy the best way to do land development is with the group, and the reason why is because it could take much longer than expected, right? I mean, let, let's, let, let me just give you an example. Let's say you want to buy a piece of land and you want to build a subdivision. And let's say that happens to be an election year and, you know, the politicians ain't trying to do nothing risky. They don't want people complaining, being mad. They might just stall your project. And they can do that, you know? I mean, you're dealing with the, you know, I mean, that's the power that the government has. So they can say, you know what? We're not going to consider any new development projects. And what are you going to do, right? So... You know, if, if I'm all out there and I didn't put my last dime into this deal, now I'm scrambling, like, how can I get my money back, you know? But if it's me and, you know, five of our partners, we, you know, put some, some money to the side that we wasn't really, that we don't need right back and we can be patient with it, then that's really re, 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 really when you're going to get paid. Like, like for example, I think Rick Ross bought, I want to say, 100 acres, um, you know, in Atlanta outside of Atlanta for like a million dollars. Now for someone like Rick Ross, you know, a million dollars is not, you know, a lot of money, you know, they, they have plenty of money. Right. So what I'm saying is, you know, probably now, not even cause he bought that right at the beginning of the pandemic. So probably even now that that land is probably worth 3 million. All right. And just imagine in 10 years, 
15 years, you know, what, 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 what that amount of land is going to be worth. Because again, you can't make more land. Um, you can build more dense, but you can't make more land. And there's so many laws against building more dense that it, 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 it leads, it, it, it encourages people to build it's in more sparse, sparsely. Um, like I said, I don't want to get into too, 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 too much details about it, but you know, yeah. it, 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 it really encourages that. So with the house, if you have a house and everything like that, I know you mentioned that and you said your your friend tore down the house. Is it, do you have, do you have to get permission from the city to tear down the house? And of course, when you do tear down, what, what do you think is the most easiest thing for someone who does, don't, aren't, isn't thinking about the biggest things like, oh, I want to build a skyscraper hotel. I want to just get a gas station here. I want to just get a storage unit. Like, what do you think is their best bet? you know, their steps in order to, you know, accomplish that goal. Right. So, so what, what you can do is this, um, let, 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 I'll just use an example. Let's say you buy a house, let's say, you know, it's, it's a burnt out house is gone, right? It costs about $5,000 to demolish a house. Um, with the permits, all this and that, I mean, you know, give or take, I mean, obviously you could do it yourself and save a little money, but I'm saying for a novice person who, who's not well connected, it'll cost about five grand. Um, to get a house demolished, right? So, so let's say, okay, you buy a lot for, let's say, ten thousand. Um, you demolish it for five thousand, so now you got like fifteen thousand in it. Now, someone who's like, you know, I'm not really trying to hold on to it for a long time. You probably can sell that land for thirty, forty grand. I mean, it should be worth that much if, if you bought it for for that price, right? So, whatever price you're buying it for, you should be looking to pretty much double it, or at least get you know a strong return on it because you know, whenever you're dealing with stuff like that, you're just dealing with more risk. So you could do that or you could build a new house there or you could partner with someone. So let's say like right now, I'll just give a, 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 a great opportunity now. There, people are struggling to find land to build on, right? So if you have a, even one lot, you know, in a, in a nice area or, you know, a somewhat desirable area where people would want to buy a new house, you could go to a builder and say, hey, listen, man, I got a lot. Let's partner in on this deal, right? So you so you bring the land, the builder brings the building, you know, they build the building, and then when you sell it to the to the, to the the buyer, you know, y'all split the profit. So that's another thing that, that you definitely can do um, uh, to, to, to make money. Or you could take that piece of land and divide it into several lots and then sell each lot, you know, off to a builder. So these are these are things that, that that you can do, you know, if if in your kind of early stages of, of the development process. What I would encourage people to do is try to partner with some builders because I think there's a great opportunity there, and there are builders who are willing to do that. Yeah, I think the main one one question people may ask is like, where where do I go? You know, like <laughs> I, I remember when just to piggyback on you know our experience you know, trying to, we, we didn't go the conventional route, right? The uh, FHA loan, all right? We, we went hard money lender. So right. um, something you said was like, man, find someone, right? So what we did was we, you know, went online, you know, we, we use our connections, people that know people. So when it comes to, I guess, developers, like how, I mean, I think that's probably a different, that, that's maybe a different, uh, from a different lens, from hard money lender to, to developers, where do people go to to find those pe- type of people? Yeah, I mean, so you can just find builders, just find people who build houses. Um, you know, 
It's just about doing research. So you, you'll, you'll see like in most neighborhoods, whoever's building the houses, they're going to advertise. They're going to say, you know, home built by Johnny's company, John's construction. I mean, anyone can build a house. So, you know, b- building, building a house is, is, it really seems like, you know, this like dramatic process, but it's really not. I mean, it's really seven or eight things. I mean, it's framing, putting down the concrete, you know, this, this I mean, there's, you know, steps to it, but what I'm saying is, you know, it's not, you don't have to build it yourself. Right. So, so what I'm saying is people are general contractors who will go out and find what we call subcontractors to build the house for them. So any, anybody who's a licensed contractor can help you build a house on a lot, but you, you want to go with somebody who's experienced, who has, you know, some clientele already. Um, but then, you know, it's just about finding somebody who's willing to work with you. So, you know, when, when you, when you're a new person first coming out, you know, everybody's going to try to finesse you because they know you don't know. Cause all they're going to do, all they're going to do is this, they're going to throw out certain little words. Right. And if you don't know what those words mean, they know, okay, I got somebody. I'm about to finesse them. You know? <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's how it works, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how else to tell people, like, it's just the game, bro. Like when somebody doesn't know the lingo of the industry, you about to get finessed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You just, really? you just cost yourself bread. Yeah. I really like that. I, that's why I'm always making sure I know people ask all the time, like, how do you get into real estate? And I'm like, you really just got to be self-taught because if I'm relying on somebody else to tell me something else all the time, I'm literally just literally being babysitted. But I know Mr. Daniels taught me, AJ, like, shit, we got to do our own research. Like, you got to figure out what that, like, what that means because I'm not going to be here to, you know, obviously carry your hand because you got to do other deals. And I feel like what right. a lot of people need to just understand is just like, if you just take time out the day just to study something that can make you a lot of money in the long, long run, why not do it now? Right. right. And, 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 and this, it, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, lucrative industries. I, I think it was Warren Buffett. He, he just said, look, man, you know, the key to being one of the keys to being wealthy is to being is being good in something that's very valuable. Real estate is very valuable. So he said, there's nothing special about me. What the reason why I'm wealthy is because I'm very good in something that's very valuable. So he's very good in investing. And investing is very valuable within our society. Now you take Warren Buffett and you put him in the middle of the woods where he has to chop down trees for a living or something like that. He has no value in that society. You see what I'm saying? So all of us have to have to decide what do we want to do with our time, right? So we all got 24 hours a day. So are you studying things that are valuable? Are you studying things that aren't valuable? You know, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, we all, you know, we all go to, you know, a lot of us went to school you know, we, we, and we chose majors right now, you know, I don't want to disparage anyone's major or say anything negative about certain people's majors. However, you just understand that, look, if I major in like ceramic pottery, there's nothing wrong with that, but you just know that the value of that degree is only a certain amount versus mm-hmm. if I major in finance or accounting or something that's more valuable where you're going to be getting paid. Um, you know, so even if you major in those things because you love them, Still on the side, you should know finance, you should know accounting, you should know these more valuable skills because those are the things that are going to help help you to be able to create wealth for your family. Yeah. I never used to like to read and stuff like that, and I really got into reading re- recently. But, you know, they, I was talking to my friend the other day, and me and him laughed about it, but they literally put the answers right in front of us, like in the books. And, like, they put... They say put 10% of your monthly profit away in a savings account and somebody will literally 
look over that one sentence and be like, well, I don't need to put, I can put 2%. And now you messed up in six months, but this book that just told you how to double your money a year, told you how to triple your money. And now you just obviously neglecting that. But I feel like a lot of people just need to, um, of course, do knowledge. But one thing I feel like separates a lot of people is having a mentor. And I feel like a lot of people come short to like closing their goal out because that mentor is that essential part that literally that person already went through that experience. So how could someone find a mentor even though they don't know anybody? Like, what, what would you do? Yeah, I mean, so with, with mentors, you just have to, you know, we all need mentors. That's, mentorship is part of life, right? So, you know, you just have to find people who, who, one, you can bring some value to, and then also they can bring value to your to your life as well. So, so my initial mentors, um, when I first started working in real estate, he was trying to reach out to the African-American audience. He was a white guy. Um, he wanted to, he was selling new homes. You know, he didn't, I mean, you know, you know how it is in the South, man, you know, it's white, black, you know, that's kind of how it is. So, you know, he needed some people to help him sell, you know, houses to black people. Um, so, and me, you know, being a, a, at that time, you know, a young black man, um, I was a, pr- a prime candidate for that position. So it was a win-win for him. So he paid for me to get my real estate license, paid for me to get uh, my real estate classes, you know, all that. So that's how I, I got initially introduced into real estate was working for a developer who, who saw some potential in me, invested in me, helped me out. And I helped him out and I went and worked for him and sold houses for him. Right. So, you know, I made him money. So whatever money he spent, you know, helping me, I mean, maybe, you know, a couple hundred bucks to help me get my license. But at that stage of my life, that was a lot of money. Right. Um, and then, you know, I was going and helping him sell houses. So, you know, he made 10, 20, 50 times return on whatever money he gave to me. And I didn't care. Right. Because I wasn't it wasn't like, oh, dang, I made money for him. But he helped me. So he helped me. And what he gave me was more valuable. So at the end of the day, learning those skills. So. I think what, what 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 a lot of people need to do is they need to look at it, the mentorship from both sides, right? So what can you get from your mentor, but then also what can you give your mentor to make it worth their time? Um, and then also don't fall into like, now we're in a bad environment because there's a lot of like fake mentors, fake gurus, fake like everything, right? So you have to find somebody who really like you have some sort of like personal relationship with, right? Like someone who you could call your friend, right? You know what I'm saying? Not more so than just, you know, we work together. Da-da. Someone you could have, call your friend. So you could ask questions about anything, like not just, you know, real estate or business. You know, you call them and ask them about girls or, you know, football, whatever, you know, so stuff like that. So some of you have a, like a, you can build a real rapport and relationship with. Um, those are the key things because you can't give someone advice, good advice, without really knowing them, right? So... I can, you know, working with you guys, I know y'all situations. I know, you know, w- you know w- what you do for a living. I know the capital you have access to. I know your future goals, things like that. So when I give you advice, it's coming from a personalized standpoint versus me just giving you like general advice, right? right. And that's what's happening now on the internet is that people just give general advice. Oh, go do this, go do this, go do that. And then it doesn't work in the market you're in and it doesn't work for your particular situation. Right. And, and that's the problem. So that's why it's important to get a mentor who really knows you uh, and really gives you personalized advice for your particular situation. So it's just something you got to kind of look for. Uh, I would say that if you're looking for a mentor, just reach out to the person. Right. I mean, the, the, you, you can see people on social media or people on other platforms who, who are you know active in real estate. Just DM them, send them a message. Hey, I'm interested in learning about real estate. How can I help you? Right. 
I mean, just kind of start started that low. I mean, the, everybody's busy. We all need some help. You know what I'm saying? So you know, just like uh, when when I we used to come out there, we was cutting down the trees in that you know yard or whatever, whatever you know we may be doing. You know, it, it could be little small things. Or when uh, AJ came out there and helped pick up trash in the neighborhood, you know, little things like that. You know, people need help because it's only you know every person is only one person. So. Um, just yeah. just being willing to to do something outside of just the direct, you know, give me something like because what what I found is that some people like when they when they reach out for a mentor, they do it in a really like selfish way, like like tell me tell me the game, like it's like dang, what well, well, for what like you know what I'm saying? Don't even about to but like yeah, I, I, I know you spent all your life, you know what I'm saying, but you tell me right now, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I was gonna add to that. that that's real though, because I was thinking about it this other day. Like even from the the because you know there's people out here that's listening that actually you know that that work as well, right? And you got to be intentional, like with with a mentor as well. Like if, for instance, me working for a, a company, I see a man, you know, a black man in a high position, right? I'm intentional. I know I want to be where he is one day. Now, how can I today to, to Chris's point? How can I add value to him? But more importantly. You know, how, how can I build that gene, you know, gene relationship? And then I think the biggest point with, with it being intentional is kind of, you know, have goals in mind. Like you got to have a plan. You know what I mean? Because if you just go say, I just want to be my mentor and just talk about nothing or just talk about, oh, what do you do? What do you do? Now, you know, be intentional on what you want, you know, out of a mentor and, and what value you can add, you know, to the mentor as well. And, and to the point of just reaching out, I think. You know, and, and life works in mysterious ways. You just, you never know. It may be the person that you don't think should be your mentor that really needs to be your mentor, honestly, uh, because you may you may not know what that person knows or, or what goals you all share as well. So it's not all, it's not always about who, who got the most money and, and or whatever. You never know how they got that. You feel me? So it's all about the knowledge. So uh, that, that's just my two cents with, you know, men, you know, gaining a mentor. Yeah. I feel like a mentor is very crucial to everybody's to anybody who want to be successful because I just finished reading The Alchemist yesterday. And then the one thing it just said was, if you ask for something, you have to be prepared for what comes with it. So if you ask for a mentor and you get an omen and then this person know how to do something, but you're obviously not acting upon it, you're not ready for that situation at that time. So I feel like a lot of people is you have to know how to sacrifice something in order to get more in return. And if you got to sacrifice your time, Something you better make sure that person knows, like you're serious about it, because this person already endured the hard process. They're just literally giving this piece of paper with, okay, first step, buy a house, second step, refinance, a third step, duplicate. And they give you the answers, but you just have to put that work in. And I feel like a lot of people, they don't think longevity. They think about, I want some quick bands when really, shit, you can make some millions if you know how to finesse in life. You can. I'm telling you the, the the cheat code to life, and I always tell the young bulls this is to listen to people ordering you. You know what I'm saying? When you listen to people ordering you, and you don't have to, you can learn from their mistakes instead of making mistakes and learning from your mistake. Right? Just think how much easier your life is if you can learn from other people's mistakes instead of making the mistakes yourself. Right? Yeah. And, and that that is the beauty of youth. Right? When you're young, you can you can you can literally just ask other people like hey you know <laughs> how did you do this right and then, you know you can just ask them and they say don't do this and i'm telling you nine times out of ten most most people who are older they want to see younger people have a better life than they did 
So they don't want to see you do the same stupid stuff that they did, right? So just think about your life right now. If you could go back to like a high school kid or incoming freshman, you could tell them so many things that you did that was stupid that they should not do. And if they listen to you, they're going to end up getting straight A's. They're going to be on the, you know, get this scholarship opportunity. They're going to have so many opportunities if they just listen, right? So the cheat code in life is just listening to people who, well-intentioned people who are older than you who've been there because all they're going to do is try to make your life easier than theirs. So how do you feel like somebody should, um, because, you know, the podcast is about to wrap up like five minutes. So what do you feel like is the best thing for someone who is a newbie to real estate? They don't have any knowledge. They don't have a mentor. What do you think is the steps they have to take in order to like, of course, buy their first house or make their first investment? Right. So the first thing is just understanding the market in the city that you live in, Right. There, there is a such thing as a national real estate market, but that's irrelevant to the average individual. So unless you're like an institutional investor who has billions of dollars and you have houses in LA and all across the country, the national real estate market means nothing to you. So I don't care what's happening in Atlanta. That don't mean nothing to me because I don't have no investments there, right? I mean, now, of course, I care because it's, 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 it's close enough where it can. It actually can impact where I'm at. But what I'm saying is, generally speaking, I'm worried about my neighborhood. Right. So and even within my own my own city, I'm really particularly worried about my particular neighborhood. So you have to get like a really, really micro area of expertise where you really, really know. So anybody knows, like who's ever rode around with me, I pretty much know every street, every house, anything that's happening around FAMU campus. I know it because that's my area. That's where I invest. That's where I have the majority of my funds tied up. So I know that area, but I can't say I know all of Tallahassee or all of Florida or all of Cincinnati or all of anywhere else. So I think just developing like a micro level of expertise, that's the greatest place to start. So learning your block, learning your neighborhood, that's the best place to start. Definitely. AJ, do you have any last words to other people? Oh man. I mean, I think I said this on the podcast before, but uh, just just to piggyback off, uh, you know, mentors and and people that's that's um, going to help you, you know, reach your goals. Something you can't Google, you can't YouTube is experience. Like no matter what, like if you if someone has experience, you they they've been there, they've done that, they've likely failed or they succeed, whatever. You know, it, you want to utilize that. So, um, and, and to go back to your last question, you know, I think if you take those steps of reaching out, finding out that person that has the experience that that's willing to be a mentor that, that, you know, that, that shares that same goal as you, or has done, you know, your goal, you know, utilize that, utilize those tools to, to, uh, you know, reach those goals that you have, such as buying a home. That's all. Definitely. I agree. All in all, you know, you guys gave some great information. Thank you, Mr. Daniels. Thank you, Adrian. Um, I hope that anybody who listens to this podcast learned what they had to learn. I know most people are going to like ask questions about this when they listen to it. So we're going to, you know, set this up and close this one out for tonight. But all in all, I appreciate you guys giving you guys knowledge and, you know, roll the billions, Adrian Fine and New Era promotion. <laughs> we're about to go break. All right, you guys have a great night. All right. Have a good all night, right. guys.